Pigweed here. Today we review a brown ale and discuss the soft bigotry of low expectations. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. What's on your mind? Well, you know, I, I, this time of year, around the holidays, I like to drink holiday brews. Yeah. You know, so I, I've got like a cellar full of different kinds of holiday <clears throat> brews and all that kind of stuff. And I try them and, and you enjoy them, of course. Of course, you gave me your holiday beer yeah. for, for Christmas. Right? And, and, you know, I mean, considering that it was a homebrew and, uh, right. you know, I mean, considering that it was just, you know, just homemade beer. Just. I, I just, you know, had to have had to have different expectations for what I was uh you lowered your expectations, uh, <laughs> did you? <laughs> no, All right. right. Well, I mean, if you're, if in this, in this Christmas spirit of making me feel good, <laughs> I accept. <laughs> and I will thrust upon you another homebrew. <laughs> another homebrew. That's actually your Christmas spirit was delicious. <laughs> Here we you, go. Remember, I told you that this was at the very bottom end. I'm I'm looking for Newcastle Brown, yeah, right? Or look, at least that's what the yeah. And this is way browner. This is way browner. Way browner than that. Uh, and the other thing is, when you open your very first bottle conditioned beer, yeah. you never really you know never know if it's going to go flying up to the ceiling or, or just sit there or just sit there and not give you any. Yeah, it gave Why a nice. Is that? I mean, what, what, is, what does bottle carbonation even mean? So what happens is you ferment it, which which converts the the sugar into alcohol and CO2, and the CO2 all escapes during the fermentation process. And then when you bottle it, you want there to be just enough fermentation left. You add some more sugar or something. So there's, so there's, still, ferments. Some, there's still some hungry yeast left. Yeah, and there's still some sugar to act on, right? Yeah. So it does that last little bit of fermentation. Like, for example, in beer commercials when they say, you know, it's uh, double fermenters, some phrase that they use sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, fine. Everybody does that. But so it ferments again in the bottle just a little bit to add just enough carbonation. But the problem is... But this time, but, but this time you, it doesn't escape because you put a cap on exactly. it. You put Exactly. So it's captured in there, and which generates takes, CO2. And I find, I find uh, you know, about 10 days, yeah. 7 to 10. This is, this is, this is 12 days. And uh... Yeah, and if you don't do it right... You either get too little carbonation or too much carbonation, which can be a catastrophe. All right, and I found right around, right around two ounces of just regular table sugar for a three-gallon batch tends to give me the right amount, and uh, Mm -hmm. this one seems to be just fine. Mm-hmm. The carbonation is perfect. The color is very nice. It's very nice. Darker than the, the rest than of you expected. Told me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this darkness, if you look at the, he even got my numbers out here. If you look at the. This it's what how, how much total I got seven and five eighths uh, pounds okay of, of, grain. of overall grain yeah and I have two ounces which is will fit <laughs> in the cup of your hand of chocolate malt of chocolate malt and that's where most of this color the, well the special roast is going to give it a where, little what is that coming got, in at about a fifty. Yeah, 50, the special uh, is going to give you a little bit more, but yeah. yeah. So it has. I, I might cut. I might give. I'm going to do one ounce next time. Anyway, it has. It has great color. Has good carbonation. It also has a very brown ale-y kind of a flavor to it. There's a oh, certain. That's it. Yeah. That's really. That's really. Exactly that's what that's brown ale. That's that what you want. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was going to be a robust brown, and then I, my volume was a little bit low. I added some extra water. It was supposed to be like a sevener. Now it's down about a five and a half, which is where which is great. normal yeah. brown is anyway. Sure. 
Yeah, so you don't like it if uh, if I were to say that uh, if I'm going to judge your beer, well, you know, you can't expect too much. I would rather you, <laughs> you say yes. Compare it to a brown ale that you would pay six fifty four in a bar. Exactly, don't and, and, just say, and of well, course, I mean for. Backyard swill, that's pretty, that's okay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so the fact that I would, uh, and of course I don't, I think this is as good as a commercial <laughs> beer, but but if, if I were to lower my expectations like that, you would, really wouldn't uh, speak well of, yeah, of you and like, your brewing oh, and, uh, and all that sort of thing. And that's, the, that's so kind why, of the origin. So why is it okay in... Uh, in real life, and all right, so I introduced the topic of the show with the soft bigotry of low expectations. I guess we need a definition or an origin. Yeah, so apparently it was George Bush's speechwriter, Michael Gerson, mm -hmm. who coined the phrase. Daniel Patrick Moynihan used it, but it was George Bush who made it popular during the 2000 presidential campaign. Oh. And he said it in the context of educational reforms. Right, and that guy Gerson also—he's uh, also responsible for Axis of Evil. So Is that right? Two, he's got okay. two zingers. There you go. I mean, that's that's something to, <laughs> <laughs> on on your tombstone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in um, in that same campaign year, 1999, mm -hmm. question to him was: a lawsuit by the Mexican American Legal Defense and Educational Fund went to trial this month. It claims that the state's tenth grade exit exam discriminates against minorities how do you respond so this because he was he really wanted to be the education president right he, this was he had four years lined up that's all he's going to devote his time to yeah thanks bin laden <laughs> Just uh, ruining that, ruining that, plan. that plan yeah but uh <clears throat> so yes what that what does that even mean the soft bigot how is it how is it bigotry and what what is well so it, the idea would be it, so it's soft and not uh Mean bigotry. Well, mean bigotry would just be to say, come out, come straight out and say, <laughs> we don't think those Mexicans can do very well, yeah. you know. But the soft bigotry is to say, well, we'll, we'll give special classes for the Mexicans. Yeah. And, you know, we can't expect them to do as well as uh, right. the other guys. Which is, oh, which is coming from somebody who thinks that they're acting in their defense. Yes. There's, yes. There, it's the person who says, wait a minute, I'm on the side of, and of, of the uh, disadvantaged minorities. Yes. And asking them to compete equally is... Is mean. Is unfair. Yeah. And then, so this quote is to say, do you hear yourself? Yeah. So I came up with a phrase. Tell me what you think of this. Yeah. Liberals are racists who care. <laughs> right. Well, you know, on a topic like this, you can never go wrong with Thomas Sowell. Yes. So how about true. this? It's amazing how many people think they are doing blacks a favor by exempting them from the standards others are expected to meet. Yeah, right. And how is that helping anybody? Like, let's say you have a swim team, okay? I, I swim a lot. And generally speaking... Swimming is a white guy thing. Not, not you don't see as many black people swimming. It's just, just the way it is. Yeah. You, you know. So, <clears throat> let's say you have a swim team, and you're trying to recruit people from the neighborhood to be on the swim team, and you have a bunch of black kids coming to to swim, and you say, well, you know, okay, we can't expect them to do the dolphin <laughs> kick correctly. You know, we'll just give them a break and let them break the rules. Are you kidding me? Really? You can't, you can't do that. And aren't they insulted? They should be. So here's here here. This this probably is more to your point here. This is more Thomas Sowell. Okay. 
If you want to see the poor remain poor, generation after generation, keep the standards low in their schools and make excuses for their academic shortcomings and personal misbehavior, but please don't congratulate yourself on your compassion. That's the kicker, is yeah. the last line, right? right. So you, if that's how you want to do it, do it. Yeah. But don't pat yourself on the back. Don't, don't go around because you're, you're a racist who cares. Look how, yeah. <laughs> right. look how compassionate I am yes. by and not the thing asking they, them to The thing they perform. don't understand is how racist what they're doing really is. Yeah. By, by saying, oh, we can't, we can't hold people to these standards because, well, everybody knows they can't match those standards. And aren't we compassionate by doing that? No, you're not compassionate. You're not helping them one bit if you don't expect them to meet the standards that everybody else has to meet. And so uh, Oregon students, this was a recent one, uh, mm -hmm. Oregon students do not have to prove basic reading, writing, and math. So well, what have you, so all of you people in the education system, what have you just done to your own diploma? Yeah, exactly. Does it mean anything? And why would you, if you're an employer, why would you hire somebody who went through that system? You know, if you know that everybody who went to school in Oregon didn't have to meet standards of basic standards of English and math, would you hire people from there? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, like, oh, I graduated. So? <laughs> so what? If you graduated, so what? Yeah, everybody graduated. Right. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is Professor, uh, Professor Kendrick Morales at Sp Spelman College. Mm -hmm. He was fired for not inflating the grades of his uh, of his kids of his students, mm -hmm. he says, "I thought I was responsible for setting academic standards and making sure that the grades and degrees the and degrees the school was conferring actually held its value." Uh huh. Sure. Right. Wouldn't that make some sense? Exactly. So yeah. you're like, oh, uh, Spelman? You mean the school where you everybody gets passed just for show what, what? For, for showing up? What's the exactly. value of that? Is he, right. He, he's like, I thought that was my job, was yeah. to maintain maintain some standards. Yes. Yeah, so even, so, so even, even with the pressure from the alternative grades, he says, he calculated that 44% of class would still fail. The dismal performance was part of a larger incentive problem where if students complained, administrators would ultimately capitulate to pupils who were not motivated to work hard. Right. Well, so I was listening to this, uh, this talk between John McWhorter and some other guy. I don't remember who it was. And... Here's what he said. And I want to, want to talk with you about this for a second. When you focus on the group identity of people who succeed, you undermine their achievement. And the example he gave was, oh, there are just too many Jews in the banking system. Right. Right. So if you, if you say something like that, there are too many Jews in the banking industry, too many, too many Jewish bankers. What, what are you saying? Are you saying that they got there uh, not because of their merit? Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or, or are you saying... Now, there should there should be some governing body limiting the number of. But what exactly are you saying? If you yeah. say there's too many Jews in too the banking unit, yeah. So yeah, why achievement what going it, on? What does it mean year? that there's too many? And are are you saying, boy, those Jews are clever? Is that what you're saying? Or or are you saying, or are you saying that there's some sort of internal incestuous uh, promotion going on where Jews are just hiring Jews? I mean, what what exactly are you saying if you say something like that? If some group is over or underrepresented, yeah, because a lot of the equal why would representation. You, why would you, this is Thomas Sowell's point: is why would you expect there yes. to be equal representation in all facets from all people? It doesn't make any it, sense it, at all. It, yeah, because because reality is lumpy. You don't you don't have an even distribution of everything everywhere. It just doesn't work that way.
what if you applied DEI to everything, <laughs> which we'll get to because yes. you can't avoid it without the soft bigotry is going to, well, it's also going to lend itself to the defining down of deviancy. Yes. Because so there's, there's another quote of a, of a, of a similar time, right? This was back in the, in the eighties, wasn't it? Yeah. Eight, yeah. When right. Daniel Patrick Moynihan said that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he did some big report. So some big report on a welfare related thing. And he said, part of the problem is that we're defining deviancy down. We, what we used to call deviancy, now we're saying, oh, that's okay. We, yes, and, be, and it's a way of solving a problem. Yeah, by sure. Saying the, by just changing the definition of the problem. So, for example, we, you have too many people smoking pot. Yeah. I mean, you have too many people being arrested for smoking pot. So you just decriminalize it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you say we have too many people speeding. Well, we're just going to not pay attention to speed limits anymore. Well, right. You say, huh, so kind of solve that Solve one. that problem. <laughs> uh, how about we have one, the, the, the percentage of fat Americans yeah. has, hit the, has hit the tipping point. It's a funny use of the word tipping point yeah, when you're talking yeah. about fat Americans. Yes, yeah. yeah imagine I'm thinking, imagining a seesaw. I'm imagining them in a canoe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so, so Colorado has officially banned fat phobia. What? What is? Okay. So first of all, I hate the overuse of the word phobia. Don't you know, even. <laughs> yes. Let's let's just go ahead and get. It's not. It's not like I'm of afraid way. of fat people. I mean, that's it's right. Just it's ridiculous. a is a clinical definition for when you have an irrational fear yes. that uh, interferes with your ability to go through your day to day life. Right. You know, do I do I have a phobia? Do I have an irrational fear of trans people or Muslims or or anything uh, else? I, so, yeah. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean that I'm un, unable to go throughout my day. It doesn't mean that I'm afraid, and it certainly <laughs> doesn't mean that I have a phobia. It's just so anyway. So 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 now that forty two percent are technically obese. Okay. Fat acceptance has a long history of something something something. Uh, so. Here you hear, so the, a New York lawman who stepped up, or uh, politician, he says, I'm overweight, but I'm not a victim. No one should feel bad for me except for maybe my struggling shirt buttons. Gosh, I just realized how unfair it was for us not to support Chris Christie. <laughs> You're Ob right. Obviously, the reason we didn't support Chris Christie is because he's fat. Yes. And th that's the only reason, because uh -huh. he, he didn't succeed because he's fat. And it just shows how bigoted we are. Or against just afraid that he's not going to live throughout his term. <laughs> well, that's a, also well, Or just to say he's not, he's not an inspiring character. Yes, or that I don't like his policies. But no, 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 it's none of those things. It's just because he's fat. Because one, once, you can, once you can put somebody into a group like that and say that, no, there's prejudice against people in that group. Now, everything else doesn't matter anymore. All that matters is you're being prejudiced against that group. So... What are, what? all right, so discrimination against overweight individuals, is that, is that something that, that's, go, that's going on? Well, what they call discrimination is things like, okay, you're too big for that seat. You need to buy two seats. Is that discrimination? Okay, yes, it's discrimination <laughs> because you're discriminating between people who can fit in the seat and people who can't fit in the seat. <laughs> yes. But there's, there's discrimination. Right. You, have divide, you have to divide the room up into two ways. <laughs> those who can fit in the seat and those who can't. Yes. And, and if you need two, 
That's one seat I can't sell. It's kind of like the, the carry-on luggage. You and know, so, if it doesn't fit in this thing, it's not a carry-on bag. And, and, and I don't know who, which one it is. Is it Southwest, one of them? Just said, well, if, you're too, if, you're too, if your ass is too fat for one seat, will you get the other one free? Really? But that's a problem that's with Southwest. Nuts. That's a problem with Southwest because their planes are always full. So what are they going to do with that extra seat now? They're going to kick somebody off because somebody's too, <laughs> somebody's too fat. You're going to grab it? some small child from the front and make them sit <laughs> in half a seat. Yes, the, the, the politicization of obesity has led to the belief that criticizing obesity is a form of oppression. There you go. You got to play the O word, you know, if you want to get anywhere yes. in this world. Yes. So, uh, so yeah. Okay. So that's so obviously a, crisis. A, a big problem. But now... The other thing, so we can't, back, so, as far as, 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 so I guess how it links back is having the expectation of not being a huge fat ass mm -hmm. is, you know, is, is a standard we're not allowed to have. So we're dropping the expectations down to we can't expect you to not do drugs. We can't expect you to not be 400 pounds. Right. We, and then like the defining down deviancy, then these things are no longer a problem. Right. Yeah. So, the right, idea so yes, the fact that forty-two percent are obese. Guess what? That might even be a good thing. How about how about a situation where, let's say you you're a flower company, and you sell flour, and you notice that too many bakers are white. Too many, whatever that too means. Too many, yeah, or, yeah, right. like yeah, like no, those Jewish bakers. Yeah, whatever that means. Too many bakers are white. So you decide you want to promote non-white bakers. So you have a contest specifically for non-white bakers. Right. And you say you want to, you know, let them bake a cake or whatever they're going to bake. Yeah. But it's only for non-white people. Yeah. Now, what Okay. Are you what standards are you going to apply to that to that baking contest? Right. If they come in and all of the cakes are lousy, I mean obviously they wouldn't be. Somebody's yeah. going to make a good cake. But once you've said we're just trying to promote within this particular group. You've necessarily lowered the standard, haven't you? Absolutely. Because you're, you're saying you're, you people couldn't compete against the white bakers. Yeah, exactly. And now, how high are you going to hold the trophy with it, with it, when you competed against uh, one-tenth of the town's bakers? I am one. I am a pretty good baker. I'm not sure how I compare to the rest of the bakers, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. lost its value. Why don't Why don't we have uh, some some pickup basketball games where we say only white people can play? Yeah, you know, you you got the beer, all, beer, all, beer all over your mustache. Yeah. You go. You're jealous, <laughs> right? So this whole idea of saying we're going to limit this contest, we're going to limit this thing only to these certain people, is is ridiculous. It's you're, what you're saying is, we don't expect we don't expect you to be able to compete in a regular baking <laughs> no. contest, so we have to make a special contest just for you. Yeah, and that's what and that's how we're getting uh, SATs are being mm -hmm. removed, mm -hmm. grades are being removed. Mm -hmm. Because, but now there was there was a time in my life when I was hiring a bunch of people. Yeah, and I was wondering. Like, what is the correct way? Let's say that you said, you looked at your company and you said, you know, we really don't have any black people in, in these roles. And you said, I would like to encourage more black people in these roles. Yeah. What, what would be a correct way to do that? Yeah, yeah. So I was reading something 
Yeah, I, that's a good question because yeah, there's yes, there there are perfectly good reasons not to fill some equity quota. Yes. That I I, I worked for a company that had a lot of uh, black clients. Yeah. And while we had black employees, none of them were in the front office. Yeah. Which is where the people come in. Yeah. And so the the business that made the decision that you know what we need some black people up front and da 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 da. And this is this is a case where I think it's a legitimate. Yes, a legitimate you know, situation it, where you say, I, I would like know, to get I some... Think it would be, you right. know, it would so be I was good. reading something, I think it was by Clarence Thomas, writing about here are some legitimate ways to try to get uh, any population, whatever it is, yeah. without you know doing the liberal stupid thing. And he said, okay, why don't you intentionally advertise in areas where you know you're going to get a higher percentage so, of black people. So, so Right, just to, to increase the number of applicants. Yeah. And, and you're not... Within, expecting that within that, yeah. you'll find the qualified person, not not take 10 applicants. One you know, one of them is the color skin you're looking for. Yes. And the least qualified. You're, you're, you're still going to so, only yeah. hire a qualified person. Uh, yes. But what you've done is you've changed the applicant pool. That's a perfectly legitimate thing to do. Yes, it is. Yes. But the idea of saying, no, we want to get more... Black firemen, therefore, we're going to change the standards for it. No, I, when, when my yeah. house is on fire, I want the guy coming to rest, you know, I want him to be qualified. Yeah, and all of those things, when those things happen, and, the, you know, the uh, captain's exam to mm -hmm. move, you know, in the, in the fire department. Right. Uh, when they're challenged by a white guy who's passed over, they always win. Why? Because it's straight up discrimination. Yes, yes. So, so once they, they, so finally, even affirmative action, mm -hmm. they said, all right, all right, well, you know, it, when this was put into place, they said it at the very time. They said, well, this can't go on forever. Yeah. And so recently they said, you know, race cannot be used as a, a, right, a, right. a, you know, as a measure of college uh, entrance. Mm -hmm. And right about that time, you got something even worse DEI. Yes. Yes, which should be D-I-E. It should die. But this whole diversity, equity, inclusion thing is what kind of diversity? The thing that bothers me the most about that whole mindset right. is they reduce diversity down to the color of your skin and who you fancy. Yeah. You know, where there's so many other types of diversity. How about... People who score differently on the Myers-Briggs personality scale, which I think Myers-Briggs is a bunch of nonsense. But I mean, okay, let's say you have you need more extroverts, you need more introverts. How about that kind right, of? Diversity? But it would be very specific. It would be very job specific as, as to how you would decide what kind of diversity would benefit your company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Walking, you know, walking in with some, uh, you know, those paint swabs. And checking people's arm skins. <laughs> right. I mean, that's not the way to do it. You, yeah. It's kind of like, I guess what we're going to do sooner or later is is hiring people is going to be kind of like picking a paint at Home Depot. Yeah. You know, you're going to you're going to have all the little swabs and you're going to measure it up and somebody's going to come in for a job and you're going to hold them up. No, sorry, you're too dark. Sorry, you're too light. <laughs> and decide whether you want to hire that person. That's Is that where we're going? Let's see. All right. So what's another example Soft bigotry of low expectations. How about we're not going to use the SAT anymore? Yes, because the, the the well the, the problem is when you have once you've decided that uh, that the outcome 
If you put the outcome before everything else. Yeah, we've decided what the outcome is going to be. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, what did you, <laughs> so, <laughs> you Okay, the question is, is not using the SAT an example of the soft bigotry of low expectations? Uh, oh, yeah. So my, my, my point was, if the in Ibram X. Kendi's world, right. where I see disparity, I see racism. Yeah, necessarily. Whenever necessarily. Yes. So mm-hmm. if, if, uh, if black people perform poorly on, a, on test A, yeah. there's something wrong with test A. Yes. Somehow it never works the other way. Where, for example, if black people are overrepresented in the NBA, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the recruiting policies of the NBA. Of course it doesn't work right. that way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's so the SATs insulting and stupid. So the would... to be a predictor of success in college. And apparently they are. Yes. Yes. Yes, they, they, they are. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to throw that away to, you know, because to, to meet your equity quota. Mm-hmm. And now you get a bunch of people wasting money. Getting, you know, getting into colleges they don't deserve to be in. Well, the other side of that is you're not helping. Let's say you have somebody with an IQ of 120. And they would, do, they would do very well at a tier B school. Okay? They would, they would, and, they're in, 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 they would come out with confidence because they were an yes. A, B student. Yes. And so now what have you done? They, stu- they studied important stuff. They did well. They had A's and B's. They, you know, they were uh, respected by their peers. But Harvard is so by... committed to raising its yeah. its its minority numbers that they scoop that kid up. And yes. What are you going to do? So, Turn it down to go to the local university? Yeah. So now let's let's just assume, just for the sake of argument, the tier B school, the average student, you know, has like a hundred. 115 IQ. So the guy with 120 IQ is doing really well. And then let's just assume, I'm sure this is not true now because Harvard is is trash. (laughs) Let's let's just assume the average IQ at Harvard is 130. Now you're bringing somebody in where they're not going to do well, but you've, you've, you think that you're helping them. You think that you're moving them on towards success by putting them in a situation where they're not going to do as well. Yeah. And And it's 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 going to, uh, you know, hurt their academic future it's going to hurt their self-esteem and you're doing this just because of the color of their skin and so so you can write and and so that you can parade your numbers around yes look at us look look how we have diversified our yes it's ridiculous it's it's absolutely ridiculous okay if you've got how about this one as an example of soft bigotry of low expectations boys will be boys You can't expect much more. I know. Of a, can't expect much out of this, boys. <laughs> so I know there was a there. There were a bunch of there was a, a teacher. I think it was at NYU organic chemistry teacher who was taking a lot of heat because yeah, because just like the Spelman College guy, yeah, all the students ran to the administrators and said, uh-huh. "This class is too hard." Uh-huh, right. Well. Organic chemistry for it's doctors <laughs> yeah. works sort of like calculus for engineers. Yes, it's a weeding out class. It is a weeding out class. Yes. It, and it gets you early enough that if it doesn't work out for you, you still have time to switch majors and not fall too far behind. Yes. It's like the, you don't weed them out in, in, in their junior year. Yes. Right? So 
Yeah. So so if so now you have if you're looking at this disproportionate effect. Yes. The disproport if it disproportionately affects a group, it is by definition racist or sexist or whatever whatever it is. But people need to know that stuff. For example, one of the Crow Hill progeny is a nurse. And she was telling me the other day that there are certain kinds of medication that nurses have to administer where you absolutely have to have certain math skills to do this stuff. Yeah. You have to know, I mean, just relatively simple math skills. Uh -huh. But if, you, if you're not able to do that kind of math quickly while you're figuring out how much to put in this thing, somebody's going to die. Yeah. And yeah, so the right, idea, the right, the consequences aren't just that somebody's a, a less qualified person gets a job. Yeah. So the idea of saying we have to lower math scores so that we can get more whoever's in the nursing program, that's crazy. Because, yeah, now people are going to D-I-E over D-E-I. <laughs> well, while, we're, while we're on the subject, can we talk about American, uh, no, no, United Airlines. United Airlines. I'm wondering if we, maybe we shouldn't fly United anymore. Well, I'm kind of thinking it. So they, so, you know, most, I always thought of most pilots come out of the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there are also some other just like regular flight schools. Well, uh, United decides to start its own flight school with the commitment of 50%. Mm -hmm. They're going to graduate 50% DEIs. Yeah. I love, I love the idea that pilots are coming out of the military. 100%. I think that's fantastic. I guess my, my nephew is still training in the Navy, when he was at school, he was taking math classes that I didn't, I couldn't even pronounce the class, mm -hmm. much less know what's going on in there. Isn't that exactly what you want? Yes. I mean, there are 800 gauges in front of you that you have to look at all, <laughs> all at right. once. And you want, you, do, you, do you know that in, in this school by United Airlines, they're actually training stewardesses? Wow, to be pilots? Yes, to be pilots because they need they want to hit this uh, this yeah. uh, you know uh, minority f gender number. Yeah. Uh, and talk about your DEIs resulting in DIEs. Yeah, exactly. Really, in the in the airline industry? Yes. You nuts. So, right, and, or it's not just in pilots; it's also in uh, engineers and uh, mechanics who are building the planes and putting parts on, you know, people who can't figure out how to use a torque wrench or something like that. Yes, uh, yes. How how comforting is it to be in a plane and go, you know what? At least I know that the the mechanics who built this plane were a diverse group. <laughs> right. No, I feel I, so good knowing I, that, that the diversity I don't of care. the group. <laughs> I don't care if every single one of them is from Haiti, as long as they all know how to do what they're supposed to do. You know, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. But this idea of we're going to promote diversity that, you know, you necessarily lower your standards. That's always what happens. You always say, we're going to, we're going to lower the admissions requirements. We're going to lower the testing requirements and you get lower quality people. And you're, and, but not, but not necessarily, but you don't know. You, yeah. you are talking about expectations. Now you have called into question the qualified yes. people, yes. which is the worst problem. So qualified, you, you know, you'll hear this from, uh, you know, more conservative, uh, you know, black commentators. They're like, now you've called into question mm -hmm. the legitimacy. So like right now, I would, you know, if I saw that I had a uh, black pilot, wouldn't think one thing of it. Right. If but I, now, if, if I right, if I heard that he's probably a diversity hire, yeah, because because 
Well, then yesterday, you're like, well, that, yeah. yesterday be- before I heard about all this stuff, yesterday, what I would think is if I walked on and I saw a black powder, I would think, yeah, he probably went in the Air Force. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, like, I'm, I'm wondering which branch of the service he exactly. was in. Exactly, and I'm, I'm thinking, good for you. I mean, I'm thinking this is a guy who studied hard, served his country, went to the Air Force, put his life on the line, and now he's got a good career as a pilot. It's like, fantastic. That's Right, that's now, now I'm going, did he go to DEI pilot school? Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. Well, now I'm going to wonder. When I see, if I see a black woman pilot, what am I going to think? You know, is she a DEI I mean, hire? This, or before is she this, real... before you before you got in here and started to solve the problem, <laughs> right. uh, I had no problem with it. Yes. So now, maybe we need a new phrase: defining competency down, or or something, <laughs> something yeah. like well, that. Well, how about uh, President Gay at uh, Harvard? Oh my gosh! So yeah. again, I wouldn't. It, you know, a few years ago, I would say, well. I'm, Presumably, she's a, a, a brilliant and educated, competent, you know, black woman who's, yeah. the, who's the president. That, that's good. Now I'm going, DEI hire. <laughs> yes. And that was before she found that she's a plagiarist. Yes. Yeah. And she has uh, deliberately railroaded the careers of other uh, black men whose, uh, whose study did not conform. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so they, one of them was one. One of them had to do with uh, the fact that no uh, white cops are not more likely to shoot uh, black people. Okay, so that was a, a mark on you. It, can't on say the, that you can't. You can't just say that you know. And the guy himself, he said, he said it was the most surprising thing for me. Yeah, this guy, but this guy does rigorous. And, and he, he actually listened to the data and figured yeah, out what... Yeah, and yeah. he was like, I wasn't expecting this at all, but mm-hmm. that's how real real academia is sure. done. Yeah. You don't you don't set your... your you don't you say, know, I'm going to prove that white guys, <laughs> white <laughs> yeah. cops are more likely to shoot people. And the other one, I, I don't know, it was, he was an economist. Again, he was the youngest uh, tenured uh, economist at Harvard. But again, he he was not 100% DEI, and so yeah, so she. Took, you know, you know, what we got to think about his career as well. What we got to think about, and maybe do a show on, is why is it that we've gotten to this point where ideology comes before facts, ideology comes before science, that conclusions come first. Yeah. Like, how how did we get there? Isn't that what is what's called not science? Yes. Yeah. It's and it's not. It's not only not science. It's not any any kind of study or anything with any academic rigor. You don't go into something trying to prove something. You go you go <laughs> into it. You go into it trying to find out what the truth is. Yes. I mean, you need to have a, a hypothesis so mm-hmm. you have a place to begin. But. Uh, failing to prove your to uh, confirm your hypothesis is of equal value yes. as confirming it, but yes. you have to start somewhere. But, right? but we're like, not. Well, what do you know? I thought it was going to go this way. Turned out it wasn't. The evidence shows it's this way. Okay. Well, but we're not there now. Good. We're not, like as a as a culture, as a society, we're not there anymore. And that's like how how did we get to to that point? Because when we were in high school, we went to a science and tech high school, and. They taught us that kind of stuff all the time. It was, it was very of, clear. I mean, you know, since for the last 400 years. That's right. The, that's the way you do things. That's what academic rigor is about. That's what studying and science and any kind of learning is about. But we've lost that. Why, why did we lose it? I don't know, but I got somebody here who okay. uh, has a brutal takedown. Mm-hmm. On the soft bigotry of low expectations. Okay, good. And this is from. Uh, so this is, this is, from my 
This is from the Racial Equity Institute. Okay, good. That's a great start. There. Yeah, yeah. D don't use the word equity or we'll hate you. But yeah, anyway, oh, yeah. Okay. Or you've already... You've already lost us using the word equity instead of equality or something so, like but that. But oddly enough, this is a strange place to, to start your... It's the soft bigotry of low expectations and its role in maintaining white supremacy through mathematics education. Wow. Okay. Okay. So... Not only are they just asserting that the SBLE is uh, false and wrong. SBLE. Soft so, because you're okay. Yeah, yeah, I can't keep saying Okay, all right. Sorry. Uh, that's mm -hmm. going to be from now on. Parentheses. That's, okay, that's it. Uh, so, tactic one. The racist... <sighs> The racist pot. Do you think it's the racist plot? <laughs> the, the, the racist pot uses SBLE to call the kettle. Oh, oh it's, like, it's, the kettle. it's the old pot. Yeah, pot calling the kettle. So at no point do they assert why it's wrong, but by saying it with a, with a lot of big words, they just assume that you're going to get on their side. But yeah. here, here this, is, this is the most important thing. Okay. Gutierrez, who's the writer of this thing, presents two ways in which math in which school mathematics operates in US society as whiteness. All right, so school <laughs> mathematics equals okay. whiteness. Okay. So never heard that before. We got, but... I, got, I got an A and a B. Uh, I'll read them both and then we'll just take them one at a time. Okay, sure. A. When mathematics created by white people is the only mathematics that is taught in school. Okay. Okay. And B, when mathematics is used as a way to sort, filter, and judge people. Okay. So coming back to A, are, are you saying that there, that there is other other ethnic maths <laughs> around the world? So yeah. there's a there's an African math which is different than the math that is used now that can also put a satellite in space. <laughs> so, okay, th that's the key point. Because I, a while ago, I got this book called What is Mathematics? And it started talking about a lot of these questions about how we do math and, and why we do it a certain way, not another way. And there are other ways of doing math that are legit. But the, the question of whether they're legit always comes down to whether it actually works in the real world. We have this interesting test, yeah. you know, where you build a bridge according to one set of mathematics <laughs> and it actually stands up and cars can drive on it. Yeah. And you build a bridge according to another set of mathematics and it doesn't stand I, up. I have seen somebody do long division in a, in a way that I don't exactly. do it. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of need to get the right answer. That's that's the key. So there are there are other ways to do math, and there's and it gets more complicated than just like the method you use for doing your thing. There are there are things about uh, incorporating different dimensions into math and other kinds of weird things about but when math. You, but when you get into the DEI. The, the assumptions of whiteness mm. where getting the right answer is so important. <laughs> you know, it's such a white thing to... Is it? No. Because, once again... If <laughs> when I'm you're on a bridge, when I'm on a bridge... satellite... <laughs> <laughs> yes. When I, when I put a tire on my so car... So much emphasis on the right answer. Such whiteness. 
<laughs> it's like I saw Vivek Ramaswamy challenging some dingbat reporter about the, the reporter brought up some race thing and Vivek said, oh, so like, do you believe that punctuality is a white thing? And he went through a lot yeah, of Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's all, all those assumptions of whiteness. Yeah, assumptions yeah, of yeah, whiteness. Yeah. This whole thing about whiteness, I'm so sick of it. Getting your homework but, done. Yeah. Showing, <laughs> uh, you know, performing the task that you're right. asked at work. Yeah. Uh, if, some, really? if somebody just, in Africa has a different way of doing math that results in <laughs> bridges that work and spaceships going to Mars, fantastic. I haven't but, seen all, but, don't, but the other the other assumption here is is so let's say that that, that does exist okay yeah, yeah but there's some genetic aspect <laughs> to you as a black American who that you will respond better to this non-existent math yeah because of your skin color yeah well I mean, if you're raised in the culture that does math this way you're saying I would have done better if my if I was learning math in the other way. Now, the funny thing is, at the same time, we have these these racist people saying this stuff. At the same time, they're telling us, oh, mathematics wasn't invented by white people. It was invented by Arabs and... and uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, uh, right. Okay, I mean, is, I, it, is I, it white math or is it brown math? I, I don't think, know. Right. Uh, algebra is, uh, is an... It's, an, it's, it's, an Arab. It's, it's from the Arab. Yeah. 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 What do I, I mean, care? I, I, actually, you, you when you look at all the languages of the world... You can't you can't understand any of them, but they all use the same numbers. Mm -hmm. And what are those? Those are Arabic numbers. Arabic numbers. You ever tried to do division in with Roman numerals? <laughs> right, good <laughs> luck with that. Yeah. All right, so hold on, I'm not done yet. Uh, the, oh, we've already kind of covered this. When math is used as a way to sort, filter, and judge people. You mean like who gets to be an engineer or yeah, not? Right. Yes, that's exactly what it's for. Yes. It's to sort out. What judging people to determine whether or not we you are can judging them. We are yes, judging them. You're right. <laughs> We're judging them based on whether they're competent. Yeah. So, and this this idea of if you're using something to oh, judge shit. people, you know, the the weed out classes in some discipline. There's a reason they have those weed out classes. They realize that people who can't do this can't do the other things that they need to do in this discipline. Yeah, and you can you know find a fun. Find, a perfectly Find something that, else that you're good that at. That you're good at. Yes, yeah. there's no insult here. No. <laughs> Anybody's feelings. How about uh, try that in a small town? <laughs> okay. So well, from all I could get from from that, talking about SBLE yeah. is uh, so what you're so you're the song is about uh, urban crime. Yes. Uh, is not going to be tolerated. Yeah. in a small town yeah and so the reaction is well by urban crime you must mean black people crime right and uh actually if you're if you're, if you're and it's part of our it sounds like it's, what they're saying is that's part of our culture and if you're against black people crime then you're a racist so like, here, you, we have a you, perfect do you, do you hear the words coming out of your mouth we have a perfect illustration of why that's such a bunch of nonsense that's going on right now and that is the pro-Palestinian rallies. They're mostly white people, right? Uh, but conservatives and the guy, you know, is it Jason Aldean who did try that in a small town? Yeah. I don't remember. So people, you know, we don't want people blocking the the roads. We don't want people blocking bridges, blocking the tunnels in New York, right? Yeah. We, we, so when you see, just the other day, I, yeah. saw a clip, I saw a clip of a black guy driving up 
to a huge pile of white people blocking the road. And he gets out and pushes them out of the way and drives through. Yeah. And a bunch everybody, of jerks. No, this was, this oh, was, was Palestinian stuff. Yeah. And everybody's cheering him, right? Yeah. You know, Megyn Kelly and all the other people are saying, this is a great guy. Yeah. This is, has absolutely nothing to do with race or skin color. It has to do with, we expect you to obey the laws and do things that promote law and order. And this, try that in a small town. Okay, you, you try spray painting a monument. That's not a black thing or a white thing. Right now, we have white people going around in the pro-Palestinian stuff, spray-painting monuments. Sometimes it's black people, sometimes it's white people. That's not the point. The point is, that's not behavior that we can accept. No. Uh, so, yes. So, SBLE holds up. You're not, as Thomas Zoll says, you're not helping, lowering standards, and in some not helping cases, anybody. You're right. Uh, you might you, you might help somebody get a job that they didn't deserve, uh, but that means you've just cheated a guy who did deserve it. And then in the, in the, in, and and the job's in, not going to get done as well as it should get done. Yes, because you're right. You you yes. I mean, let's just say the the uh, plump the plumber's apprenticeship test mm -hmm. has been altered to help certain people. Yeah. Yes, you've just lowered the you, you've lowered the quality of whatever you apply of you, of you that you apply this to. So now your toilet's going to be leaking all over the place. Congratulations. But or in, in in the case of airline pilots and pilot, I mean airline construction and pilots, yeah. people are going to die. But what it all comes down to is we expect that anybody can can if they want to meet these standards. The soft bigotry of low expectations is we're saying, no, you can't expect those people to meet those standards. Yes. No, we're saying anybody can. Yes, well, yes, we, we believe that you can meet these standards. If you try, if you apply if you yourself, try. if you have the talents, right? Yeah. And. and Has nothing and, to do with your skin you, color. And everybody else is assured that when you pass this exam that you are qualified, not doubting your competency over some ideological BS. Which which is the way it is now. Now you see a diverse a diversity hire and you think, well, they were hired because of DEI. Yeah, I, I mean, they might be they, they might be qualified, but... Well, but they might not be. They might not be. All right. Well, All right. well, 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 well. Do I have a downer for uh -oh. you? Because we just spent 45 minutes talking about the importance of high standards yes and i'm about to violate the whole thing uh -oh. the whole thing oh uh, no okay yes because what we what i have done here you know the coveted pnc's man of the week i know i've i have people writing in saying when did i get to be man of the week i have had a long history of lowering the standards on what it takes to be man of the to week. be man of the week okay more often than I would like to admit, it's just simply being a sane person. Okay. And so, for example, the, the one of my two men's of the week is, is the University of Utah, Utah, right? Who says they will discontinue diversity statements uh, as part of the hiring process. Hiring process. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and and why do is, I? Why? What is this? Why are we? Con why are we congratulating somebody <laughs> for doing something obvious? Obvious and normal. Yes. So wait a minute. So you're not. So in order to get hired, you don't have to bend the knee and swear your allegiance 
to the DEI gods. And what? That's all it takes? And we're we're going to congratulate Is that all it that? takes to be an MOW? Uh, yeah. How about this one? Uh, the Ohio House overrides the governor's veto, veto of the child trans bill. Yeah, that guy. Well, I don't know what's so going here's on a, with here's that Ohio a, guy. What you thought was a perfectly legitimate Republican governor said, uh, you know what? The whole cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, surgeries for children, I'm going to have to let that go. And uh, so the House rises up, overrides the veto. Really? That's how That's how low the bar is for a man of the week? So it's obviously not the governor. It's no, the Ohio it's House. The, the House that, that yes. overrides. Yes. So, you know, I know. after just so say, after, nowadays, just, after just praising, the raising the bar, I admitting that many men of the week are there well, you, for doing nothing more than, than being a sensible and reasonable and sane person. You've heard that saying, in the in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> that's that's sort of where we are right now. We're in the land of the crazy. Yes. The the, oh, the, no. the somewhat sane person. Oh, you're asking. Yeah, that's, that's all so we want. So let's, let's hope in the future we get actual men of the week. People who do something <laughs> serious? Come on. Instead, somebody instead, somebody out there do something really good that we can... Right. Yeah. Instead of just... Right now, just standing in the way of the insane. Yes, is all. That's all it takes. But that's all it takes. All right, kids. But let's 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 up your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's find somebody who actually does something. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for listening to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Remember to visit us at pigweedandcrowhill.com or send us an email at pigweedshow at gmail.com.